Well, welcome to day 74 of Shaped by the Word. I'm Paul here with uh, David and Matt. And as we continue to work our way, you know, through Isaiah, uh, we're in our third season of Shaped by the Word. We've done, you know, the, the story of the New Testament where we've moved through the New Testament in chronological order. And then the entire story of Scripture and all of these are big views or macro views of Scripture that we need to have. Uh, you know, the prophets are the last, you know, kind of third or the last fourth of our our Old Testament, but they are the bridge between the story of the Old Testament and the story of the New Testament. So you find the themes in the prophets, you know, that really began to help us see what God has done in the past uh, and the beauty of how all of those things are just a foretaste of what would one day happen in Christ. And so they take these vivid images, you know, of God's mighty works in the past and of his grace and of his judgment and of his righteousness and of his desire you know, to gather and restore his people. And uh, that doesn't come to us in a chronological way. If you're drawing you know, straight lines, these are, uh, you know, kind of like one of those uh, bizarre independent films where you're moving from one scene to another scene, and it's, it's hard sometimes to know exactly where you are. Uh, but uh, the whole idea of the prophets is that uh, what is happening in the present is a result of the past and will have a deep implication on your future. And so we are living in a lot of moments, and the one moment we need to live in more than anything else is is our moment to hear the word of the prophets. It's not just a word to wicked nations of the past, but a, a word to wayward people in the presence, and, and all of us you know, following that. Uh, so we read the last line of chapter 29, that instruction would come to those who complain. So all of us, all of us fall in that category of uh, people who are whiners when it comes to God's grace, and we need to hear instruction. So let's uh, humble ourselves and prepare ourselves to receive instruction from the Lord. Matt, you mind lifting us up? Yeah. Father, we do ask um, that you would prepare our hearts to receive your word, and, and we do thank you that you do a great work in us by your spirit. And so, Father, we ask for that this time. Thank you for um, being able to read your word together as, as your body. Uh, would you build us up in Christ Jesus as we read and um, help us to, to meditate and to reflect on the, the glories of, of your word and, and who you are. Father, we love you. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. In Isaiah 30. Uh, Woe to the obstinate children, declares the Lord, to those who carry out plans that are not mine, forming an alliance, but not by my spirit heaping sin upon sin, who go down to Egypt without consulting me, who look for help to Pharaoh's protection, to Egypt's shade for refuge. But Pharaoh's protection will be to your shame. Egypt's shade uh, will bring you disgrace. Though they have officials and so on, and their envoys have arrived in Haines, everyone will be put to shame because the people useless to them who bring neither help nor advantage, but only shame and disgrace. A prophecy concerning the animals of the Negev. Through a land of hardship and distress, of lions and lionesses, of adders and darting snakes, the envoys carry their riches on donkeys and their backs and their treasures on the humps of camels uh, to that unprofitable nation, to Egypt, whose help is utterly useless. Therefore, I call her Rahab, the do-nothing. Go now, write it on a tablet for them, inscribe it on a scroll, that for the days to come it may be an everlasting witness." For these are rebellious people, deceitful children, children unwilling to listen to the Lord's instruction. They say to the seers, see no more visions, and to the prophets, give us no more visions of what is right. Tell us pleasant things, prophesy illusions. Leave this way, get off this path, and stop confronting us with the Holy One of Israel. Therefore, this is what the Holy One of Israel says, because you've rejected this message and relied on impression and depended on deceit. 
The sin will become for you like a high wall cracked and bulging that collapses suddenly in an instant. It will break into pieces like pottery shattered so mercilessly. mercilessly. I don't know why I can't say merciless. Mer- anyway, mercilessly. Say it, David. Mercilessly. There we go. <laughs> that among its pieces, not a fragment will be found for taking coals from a heart, for scooping water out of a cistern. This is what the sovereign Lord, the Holy One of Israel says, and repentance and rest is your salvation, and quietness and trust is your strength. But you'd have none of it. You said, no, we will flee on horses. Therefore, you will flee. You said, we will ride off on swift horses. Therefore, your pursuers will be swift. A thousand will flee as the threat of one. The threat of five, you'll all flee uh, till you are are left like a flagstaff on a mountaintop and like a banner on the hill. Yet the Lord longs to be gracious to you. Therefore, he will rise up to show you compassion. For the Lord is a God of justice. Bless are all who wait on him. People of Zion who live in Jerusalem, you will weep no more. How graciously you will be when you cry for help. As soon as he hears, he will answer you. All the Lord gives you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction. Your teachers will be hidden no more. With your own eyes, you will see them. Whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, This is the way, walk in it. Then you will desecrate your idols overlaid with silver and your images covered with gold. You will throw them away like a menstrual cloth and say to them, Away with you. He will also send you rain for seed that you sow in the ground, and the food that comes from the land will be rich and plentiful. In that day your cattle will graze in broad meadows, the oxen and the donkeys that work the soil will eat fodder and mash, spread out with forks and shovels. In that day of great slaughter, when the towers fall, when streams of water will flow on every high mountain and every lofty hill, the moon will shine like the sun, and the sunlight will be seven times brighter, like the light of seven full days, when the Lord binds up the bruises of his people and heals the wounds he inflicted. See, the name of the Lord comes from afar, with burning anger and dense clouds of smoke, His lips are full of wrath, and his tongue is a consuming fire. His breath is like a rushing torrent rising up to the neck. He shakes the nations in the sieve of his destruction. He places in the jaws of the people a bit that leads them astray. And you will sing, as on the night you celebrate a holy festival, your hearts will rejoice, as when people playing pipes go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the rock of Israel. The Lord will cause people to hear his majestic voice, and will make them see his arm coming down, with raging anger and consuming fire, with cloudbursts, thunderstorms, and hell. The voice of the Lord will shatter Assyria. With his rod he will strike them down. Every stroke the Lord lays on them with his punishing club will be to the music of timbrels and harps as he fights them in battle and with the blows of his arm. Topheth has long been prepared. It has been made ready for the king. Its fire pit has been made deep and wide with an abundance of firewood. The breath of the Lord, like a stream of burning sulfur, Sets it ablaze. Now, that's an intense section. Yeah, my word. <laughs> you know, just uh, you know, reading it, but the images, you know, and, and again, we've we've talked about this on so many occasions. Just the beauty of, uh, uh, you know, the Hebrew poetry here, and you can, you know, kind of, you can kind of duplicate it, you know, some in in rhythm in English, but uh, you know, the the sounds and the resonance and the hard consonants, you know, that you would hear in. Hebrew just you know kind of bring that sense in, and again you have the the fabric you know and what you know God is you know talking about here is you know continuing rebellion of Israel, but uh, he's moving to the judgment that they're going to receive at the hands of, of Assyria, and then pointing even further ahead to Babylon and how you know God will eventually 
uh, judge you know the nations who've, who've come against us so you you move from these really comforting passages to all of a sudden god's arm is bared <laughs> and he's ready to go and the rhythm the rhythm is somewhat you know exhausting yeah. at, at, at times and he'll just destroy him with his voice i mean can i just forget i don't know why we forget but just how powerful god is yet you know he longs to be gracious he wants to show compassion you know in repentance and rest is your salvation and quietness and trust is your strength but you would have none of it and so you know yes he's strong and mighty but also so gracious and, and longing for his people and yet his people don't always long for him yeah uh, he rises uh, to be gracious to you mm -hmm. which is a uh, just a beautiful image uh, you know it, it one stephen saw when he was being stoned you know in the city of jerusalem with the lord you know rising up you know to receive him uh you know which is, is a beautiful vision because the, the vision of the rest of the new testament is the lord seated at the right hand and throne but his concern you know for his people is so strong he rises up you know to show compassion for him it's uh, it's a beautiful image in, in, in the middle of that. So you're hearing these you know, images of judgment, and you're seeing on you know this mosaic of Israel's you know obstinate rebellion against God and the deep heart compassion of you know of our of our Lord. And of course, very similar to you know Jesus expressing the very this very same heart as he comes tops the hill of the Mount of Olives, you know, in, in you know Matthew's gospel and says of Jerusalem. Uh, oh, Jerusalem, how I, I would have gathered you together as a mother hen, you know, gathers and, and nurtures her, her chicks, but you, you wouldn't have it. And, and, of course, that's the tragedy that's happening here. It's a tragedy that happened when uh, Jesus came to his people. And, of course, it's part of the tragedy in our lives as well. Yeah, and this is one of those passages that just reminds me time and time again of, man, why I need to return to God's Word every, every single day and, and multiple times a day. Um, cause I, I'm just like these people, these rebellious, obstinate people who, you know, at times are unwilling to listen to the Lord's instruction. And I would probably say, I listen to the instruction that I like and I want to receive, you know, but there's times, and that's part of, even in this chapter, we see the graciousness, the tenderness of God, you know, who hears his people and responds and longs to rise up. And then on the other hand, you see the, the justice of God and the, the wrath and, and the, you know, fury that comes and you're like, well, I don't know about that part of it. You know, but here he, he just he, he stopped confronting us with the mm -hmm. Holy One of Israel. And, and I think there's areas, right, where we're completely fine with God speaking into those areas of our life. Give us wisdom. But then when he confronts us, we say, oh, no, that's too much. No, we, we really do. We, uh, we, we love, you know, and, and, and again, we, these are what is hot, or, or highlighted in our scriptures and yeah. what we frame and put on our walls and on, put on our, our coffee mugs. We love, you know, we love verses of comfort, but, uh, you know, God in his confrontation of our sin is being every bit as gracious as he is when he is comforting us you know from the you know devastation of our sin you know by his grace uh but the fact that he is willing to do you know deep heart you know heart surgery mm -hmm. with us is a sign of his love and of course uh, the writer of hebrews you know tells us if he did not you know if we're not being disciplined as his children then we we need to think maybe we're not even oh. children at all because yeah. of the way that god you know works you know, with what he does. And, of course, the subtext to this is, and it's kind of ironic, the subtext to this is all this upheaval is happening around the nation of Israel. So where do they turn for their help? Yeah. They turn to the nation of Egypt. And if there's not an irony there, yeah. the very people that enslaved us, the very people that God rescued us from, the very people, you know, that uh, he removed us from and brought us out, we're, we're going to go back, you know, to 
and you're oh, during yeah, the leeks whole, and onions. Yeah, they have yeah. they do have yeah. leeks and onions. So they're going back to Egypt, and there's kind of this nice little poetry here. He said, "While well, you go, you pass through the desert, and there's lions and lionesses and snakes, and you're going to a lot of trouble to go into this city." Mm-hmm. And he calls it a non-prosperous city, which, uh, in the imagination of people at the time, is the most prosperous city on the face of the earth. And, and he says, "You're going, you know, past all of these dangers, you're." and hardships and taking these great treasures and dumping on a city that will never profit you. And, and that's what we were talking about a couple of you know, weeks, you know, yeah. a couple of days ago. We talked about you, you've made a covenant with death. Mm-hmm. You've looked to, you know, someone that can never be security for you. When you have to love what he says, John, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Hear this. He says, what do you do in the midst of all this? I, I long for you to just repent and rest in me, to yeah. be quiet and trust, do nothing. Come, come back. Uh, no, that, isn't that oh, that's so hard, isn't it? And then he says, no, but you ran to everything else. Yes. Yeah. And, and you said, no, we're going to flee. <laughs> so go ahead. And I'm going to make your enemies every bit as fast as you are. And, and of course, I just love the, you know, I love the transition, you know, between, uh, you know, verse 11 and, and verse 12. Mm-hmm. Leave this way. Get off this path. Stop confronting us with this holy God. And uh, come on. Therefore, Therefore <laughs> <laughs> stop confronting us with the Holy One of Israel. Therefore, this is what the Holy One of Israel is. Yeah. No, I'm in your face, and I'm going to continue to be in your face you know, for, for your good and, and to restore you and, and to rebuild you. And it is. A, but now that, I, that's always the invitation of the gospel, isn't it? In verse 15, in repentance and in rest. Mm-hmm. And we, we talk about that when you Repentance is not something you did once, and believing the gospel is not something you did once. Repentance is a rhythm, and, and, and belief in the gospel is, is a rhythm. And, and here it's described beautifully, and repentance and rest is your salvation, and quietness and trust is your strength. Heavenly Father, we thank you uh, that you offer rest and you hold out your arms. We thank you that you rise to show you know, compassion to your people. May we not be the people that are uh, summed up in the last part of verse 15 that we have none of it. May we, Father, respond to your invitation and receive your grace. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen.